Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Elizabeth Barnett-Lawton, and I'll be interviewing some of the industry's most inspiring talent for the British Beauty Council's Career Insights podcast series. Looking back on the last two decades of my own career as a magazine journalist and a university lecturer, it was having the opportunity to interview thought leaders, celebrities and entrepreneurs that has been one of the greatest highlights. I'm just as fascinated today in speaking to the great minds and personalities behind industry figures as I was reading about them as a student. Hearing someone's story, a shared experience from someone who's made it in their chosen field, can provide much needed inspiration for anyone seeking a path to a fulfilling career. This is why the British Beauty Council are providing special access into the careers of inspirational beauty industry leaders exclusively for our members. So whether you're a student or perhaps you're thinking of a career change, we think our Career Insights podcast series featuring some of the UK's best talent could be the vital boost to your dreams and motivation. For me, and I hope for you too, the podcast series is a fascinating insight into the lives of some of Britain's biggest beauty success stories. Welcome to the show. Gary Thompson, aka The Plastic Boy, is a makeup artist, blogger and content creator, breaking the boundaries of traditional makeup and beauty. More than 290,000 people follow Gary Thompson's Instagram how-to tutorials on makeup and skincare. His knowledge of products, combined with his quirky, no-nonsense approach, has won him a loyal following and the community keeps on growing. He started out doing mini Instagram videos three years ago and his flair for makeovers made him an instant hit. His YouTube channel is also thriving and he gets a huge audience response to his weekly reviews of new product launches from the beauty industry. Gary was the first male in the UK to front a major beauty campaign, and his story has been featured in multiple media publications, including the Daily Mail and Metro. He's been an active ambassador for the Prince's Trust and has spoken on many platforms about diversity in the beauty industry and how it needs to change. He has a particular affection for those moments when makeup makes us a bit outrageous. So, hello, Gary, or should I call you the plastic boy? Um, you call me Gary, but um, aka the plastic boy, but Gary's fine. <laughs> AKA. <Yes. laughs> so you are a leading beauty influencer and you've got a following of over 300k on Instagram and 37k on YouTube. Is that right? That's when I last looked. Yeah, that's correct. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you do your research. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're very well loved as, as the plastic boy. But how did you first get into social media? Um, I would say I first got into social media when I first moved from my hometown, Birmingham. Um, I came to London for university. I went, um, I studied drama and English. And while I was in halls, I was obsessed with YouTube. And um, back then, I had such a love for makeup, but I just wanted to learn so much more. But I felt like there was no one around me that could really teach me while I was in London. So um, I went onto YouTube and I was just like, oh my God, like there was like a few, um, you know, black girls and um, women of deeper skin tones like talking about makeup, but there wasn't any boys and I was just like there's no one that really looks like me there was one boy but he was only based in America and I was like you know what? I'm gonna do this because if there's someone like me in the UK that's looking for makeup tips and I'm a boy there's probably someone else somewhere else so I remember starting my YouTube channel in my um, university halls and um I started with like a foundation review I had really bad lighting and um, it just started from there really and then as time went on Instagram came about and then TikTok and then it just kind of blossomed Wow, you are a pioneer, <laughs> an actual pioneer. I mean, how amazing to, to have identified that as a niche and then just think, I'm going to go and do it. And now it's not a niche. It's a I major... Know. It's crazy. Like, when I first started it, everyone was like, oh, my God, when you started it, did you think, like, 
um, and if it was to come up and I, and I honestly just say I've done it just from the love of makeup and the love of just sharing tips and tricks for deeper skin tones and especially like boys in beauty because back then boys in beauty was such a niche and I wasn't many boys doing it so I just done it for the love of makeup. You actually do there's so much work involved actually you would have to love it first of all but also <laughs> you make it look easy but Dang. having been a beauty editor myself I know that it's not easy and I know that there's a whole load of work that you've put into creating those looks and the skincare and, and that you also have to plan everything in advance, don't you? So do you have a routine to get everything done? Do you, do you have a sort of content vibe? Or how do you get it all planned <laughs> to do it? Uh, back when I first started, I actually did have a content plan. I would wake up at like a crazy time and bag up content, but obviously now circumstances are different, but I do still have like a structure. I'll probably wake up, I always wake up before nine and, and the night before, or the, kind of on Sundays, I kind of plan out what looks I kind of do, um, just kind of like how makeup is trending. Like if I know like I'm getting a new like Fenty foundation in, or if I'm getting like a new concealer in, or make sure I've got that YouTube video plan. But with regards to like Instagram and like TikTok content, I kind of do it by flow. I kind of do like a makeup look and a skincare. And um, so something um, that's kind of like, different in between the mix but it is um, good to have a routine but normally I'll film three videos a day and then the next day I'll film two videos and then the other day I'll probably film another three just so I'm not working on weekends because this job can become so not draining but you don't want to burn yourself out because I feel like for me I still have fun and I don't really see it as a job I see it for me as like I'm just playing with makeup and I don't know it's still my, my career but I still like get really excited when I get new products in so um I definitely um feel like I need to have weekends off completely yeah. I can imagine it must be all, all consuming but what's really fascinating is when I've looked at uh, you know I've been following you too by the way oh, but when you. I've looked at your your very first YouTube video oh, and no. you go through but you go through over the last it's 11 years now isn't it mm. um there is a real um evolution of your identity <laughs> no, can, can you talk to me about that <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually watching one of my first videos of a day actually I'm not sure why it just, it just it just popped up when I was going through my videos and I was just thinking oh my god I actually used to film in my dark university room because back then I didn't really know about technology I just knew about the camera and my laptop and I had a really old MacBook and I just used to use that and just hope for the best really I used to um, play with natural daylight but you actually can't rely on natural daylight because the sun comes out and it gets a bit overexposed and it's not looking cute but I think I think everyone has to start somewhere because I always get a lot of DMs being like how do I start I want to get an expensive camera but back then I just did it because I was like you know what I'm gonna start I'm gonna use this camera I don't care if I don't have the most expensive camera as long as I've got something out there and people can see me vis visibly then that's the most important thing but um I think it is a process you're not gonna start with the most expensive equipment I did and I just used what I had and I think as years go on and you kind of just get used to technology and what things are about and then you know you get your um you just you learn tips and tricks of YouTube and you just as I say I saved up so much money I remember getting my I, um, I used to work like part-time in retail at Topshop. I used to save so much more money because I was like, I want to buy this camera, I want to buy it. And then when I finally did, I was like, oh my God, I can finally create like good quality <laughs> videos and really level myself up. And um, as years went on, um, I don't know, I've just leveled up my camera equipment and because I've got friends in the industry as well. They kind of helped me with all the share tips and tricks. What would be your desert island kit? <laughs> 
for vlogging? Vlogging. Oh my god, I think I would take so at the moment I'm using um a Sony ZV1. It's like the most amazing vlogging camera. It's like it's just perfect. It's like compact, it's 4K, it can fit in your bag, it's not too heavy. I'll bring that. I'll definitely bring an external microphone because a lot of people always think it's all about the video quality and it actually isn't. This is what I learned over the years. Your video can actually be decent, but if the sound isn't popping, then people are gonna click off. People want to hear good sound because when people are watching YouTube videos or even um, whatever social media videos, they actually have headphones in. So most of the time they're maybe jogging or in the gym or, you know, just doing something else. And if they can't really hear you, then they're gonna be like, well, I'm gonna switch over even though they are watching at the same time. So definitely that. And I, I try and bring like a little mini light as well because lighting is everything. Obviously, we, you don't have to have the, most, have the most perfect lighting, but if you've got some, like a cute little setup, then that'll be cute. <laughs> well, I, I missed what the microphone was. Oh, it would be um, an external Rode, um, Rode Pro mic, um, microphone. It's called the Rode Mic Pro. It's just amazing at sound and really blocking out everything around you. But really, any kind of good oh, microphone. Yeah, yeah. Any, be, like, yeah any mic. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exact brand, but you can use anything, even if you've got like um, your Apple headphones or anything, as long as something's really, really good and connected and the sound's clear, you can thrive. Yeah, well, we're using, well, I'm using Oh, my yeah, Apple of course. Yeah, I, can, I can hear you perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and, and probably a ring light I guess a lot of people just start with a single ring light yes a ring light as long as you've got something that's lighting up evenly it, you can get ring lights for so everybody like buying a ring light back then I'm thinking oh my god it was so expensive but now I think because technology is really evolved you can get ring lights for like 30 pounds 25 pounds and they can last you up for years I literally changed my ring light and I had that ring light for like eight years <laughs> wow but it's all about the ring light <laughs> yeah um, so there's a lot of expertise in your content um, and you're clearly a really proficient makeup artist. So I was wondering, and not to mention the skincare, because there's real, I mean, you can see when you do the skin from before and Thank after, you. how amazing. Um, but where did you learn about that? Um, so when I first moved to London, uh, with, in, in regards to makeup, I really, I had a, such a big love for makeup, but I really just wanted to become a makeup artist. I moved to London to do drama and English because I wanted to be a drama teacher. But after I finished my course, I was like, mm, I'm not sure what I really want to do. So I remember applying for a job at Mac and then it was just so like, at, but back then everyone was like, oh my God, like, it's so hard to get in, it's so hard. And I remember I'm going for the interview process. It was like a free step process. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm not gonna get the job. And then I actually got the job. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm a Mac way, this is crazy. So I started at Mac and um, I did think back then you had to do a makeup course, which people still do, but I learned everything I know now on counter, like from working to different skin tones, to color correcting, to eyeshadow, because you're, you're doing it on the job, but I just learned as I was going because I was doing foundation matches. And while I was on counter for the first time, I was like, oh my God, how do I match this color to a different skin tone? Because all I knew was deeper skin tones, but on the job, you just learn so much. And with regards to skincare, um, one of my friends was a, um, like, he, he was really into skincare. He used to tell me about ingredients and just like, um, like vitamin C's and your retinols. And um, I, I really love researching into skincare. So at nighttime, I'd really just learn about ingredients and just learn about different skincare and like clean beauty and like what things were good for your skin. So it was all about for me, when I got home, I would just absorb beauty and really want to know what was the like, what was the no no. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and so you're called the plastic boy. So my thoughts are, is it just skincare or is it also injectables? What do you think about um, people having a bit of help? 
well, you know, um, I've said before, like, I think people know my YouTube channel. Um, I'm all for, like, if you want to get something done, get it done. Don't get it done for anyone else, but get it done for you. Um, I've had fillers and, like, all sorts of things, but I always say to people, if I'm talking about it, I'm not projecting it onto you. It's because I feel like if you really want to change something that's really bothering you, even if it's not bothering you, you want to change it, you only have one life, like change it if you want to, but do it in a safe way and find someone that's going to do it for you in the most way that you aren't going to like, you know, endanger yourself or not going to the right professional. But um, the Plastic Boy for me is also in like skincare, makeup and also whatever it wants to be. For me, it's my brand, it's my identity and it's just like what I've grown up to be since I first started doing beauty. But, um, you know, I'm always here for fillers, I'm always here for anyone. If you want to like, you know, change what you need to do about yourself, then feel free to just do it in a safe way. Uh, when I think about it, I, I always feel like when I speak about things like this, I've got, oh my God, I have so much people following me. But I always say to people like, don't feel like because I'm mm. doing it, I have to do it, you have to do it. I'm just showing you what I've done because I want you to go to the best person. I want you to do it in the safest way because I find now so much people are doing injectables that aren't actually licensed. And I feel like, like if people are doing fillers for like 80 pounds and it's just like, you can, this is not a top shop sale. You need to go to someone that's doing it in the safest way. <laughs> That's a, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Definitely one to bear in mind if anyone's considering it and maybe going to see more than one person, oh, checking their license. Yes. And also looking at their before and after. Oh my God, yes. I've seen some before and after, so I'm like, girl, I'm not sure where you're going, but honestly, it, it just looks very, very amateur. Yeah. And too much isn't a good look. Yeah, no, too much. Yeah, it's like a little bit of them, you know, if you feel like you want to, after a few months, have a, uh, add a bit more than go for that. But it's always good to start with a little, then go with a lot, then take away. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great to see a, a boy as a, as a beauty social media star. So what I wanted to ask you was, have you found the industry to be inclusive? Um, this is such a good question, actually. Um, thank you so much. I feel like when I first started, the industry wasn't inclusive at all. From when it came to deeper skin tones or even just a male in beauty, I remember just trying to really get in there with PR brands and get gifting. And it was just so hard at the time because, first of all, I'm a black male beauty boy. And first of all, I'm a boy in general. So I felt like I was shut down so much times from brands saying, well, no, we're not really gifting you. We're not really gifting at the moment, even though I know they were because some of my friends that did the same job were getting gifted. So it kind of kind of knocked me down a bit because I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's so hard, but I still had that love of beauty. So I didn't really care. I still, even though I really loved the brands and they weren't really gifting me, I still bought products anyway because I really just like them but at the same time I felt like I really had to work well 50 times harder than my other counterparts which is still true to this day in some extension but I feel like the industry has evolved and now for a uh, past these 11 years there's so much boys in the beauty industry doing skincare doing makeup and it's just so refreshing to see especially other black beauty boys like it's amazing to see because back then I think I could only count for like a handful on one hand how many other beauty boys there were so I do think the industry is changing and being more inclusive but I feel like we still have so much work to go. That's unfortunate but you, you've certainly paved the way for others as well and, and presumably you had to invest in your own like spend your own money to, to buy all the products until you got to a certain number of followers. Definitely. Um, I'll definitely say I definitely had to buy a lot of the beauty products out when I was first starting because brands just, I think gifting right now is such a big thing. And I think brands really understand it. They're like, you know, we want to gift you. But back then, brands were 
brands didn't really understand like, the concept of gifting. If they did, they were only gifting the really, really big people that were really, really known. So it was super hard. And I feel like um, even, to, even to this day, it's really funny. I remember when um, a certain brand reached out to me to give me products. I remember when I first started, I reached out to them. They, they were just like, they forwarded me onto someone and the person was like, oh, we'll keep in touch if we do decide to gift you. And then when they emailed me, it was like a 360 being like, well, hold on a minute. A few years ago, did you not just say? But you know what I mean? So it's actually really funny. But um, at, at the start, I did, have to buy, <laughs> <laughs> I did have to buy a few products to really just get myself in there. But mm. at, the, at the same time, it was really important to network. Um, back then, I, didn't, I really didn't go to um, any beauty events because I didn't really know what was really going on. But one of my friends actually worked at Fashion Monitor and she was like, Erin, come to me with these events. And then I was so nervous. But I, I remember being at events being like, well, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there and speak to them. And that's when I met um, a lot of PR people. I met a lot of people that worked for agencies. And that's when I really started to get gifted because I think when people can put a face to their name, they're like, well, oh, Gary, I met him at that event. And let me send him this product. And what people don't realize is that PRs move so much to different jobs and different brands. So it's amazing to really network, network, network. Very important. That's that's a good tip. And talking about the networking, at the same time you're doing that, you're cultivating your community um, as an influencer and I'm building your followers. So how did you even sort of approach that or, or weren't you really thinking about the sort of number of followers and just doing your thing? Um, I think back then I wasn't really thinking about numbers. Obviously, I know numbers um, do matter to a certain extent. But I think back then I was just so excited to like be creating content and using so much different products and then being gifted by some of my um, amazing and favorite brands at the time when it came to it that I was just excited to create the content. I think as um, video content became so big and then I saw the um, kind of reach that it was getting, that's when I was like, oh my God, this is something I can really make into a career and something I can see really popping off. But I think at the time I was just so excited to connect with new people, but it still baffles me that um, sometimes when I ask where people are from, people are like in like China or in like Canada or in LA or in like Malaysia and you're connecting with people that have the same love for beauty around the world and it still shocks me because I'll talk to people I always respond to my DMs I always say people DM me if you want any advice DM me and when I speak to people it's just such an amazing kind of connection that we have it's like a little family that, that's really not a nice way to do it and, and that goes back to your love of doing it like you have to love it don't you yes. you can't be like thinking I just want the numbers you have to think I love doing this and that's just the, continue on <laughs> that's the thing because I feel like sometimes people just want to get into the industry for the numbers or the money or the free products mm. and honestly the free products are good and all and well but it just the free products isn't the all and everything like I think getting products is cute and it's a really good benefit of the job but I feel like if you don't really love it and you're not really feeling like beauty and skincare you're in it for the wrong reasons you're going to burn yourself out and you're just not going to end up doing it for the long term no mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true Gary <laughs> So what would you say to anyone wanting to become an influencer in terms of how, how to get started? Um, I would say um, definitely don't prolong it. If I would have if I, if I um, told myself a few years ago, I would say start right now. It doesn't matter what equipment you have. Start with your iPhone. Start if you've got a little camera. Try and invest in a little point and shoot. There's loads of camera shots where you can actually rent cameras for the weekend. Just start now and don't do it for the free products. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for the followers. Do it because you actually love beauty because when you actually love beauty and you and it doesn't even have to be anything when you actually love beauty and people can feel that connection through a camera because you've got to see that people are watching you from a mobile phone or their screen and people can feel a vibe and connection so you have to love it and 
also consistency. A lot of people always message me saying, hey Gary, I want to be an influencer, but I just don't know why my um, videos aren't getting a reach. And I, I thought, okay, I'm going to check your profiles. And I checked their profiles. I'm like, girl, you've only posted in the last six months or you only posted like once yeah. every three months. I'm like, you need to keep it consistent and keep it cute. Like if you want people to like really like come back to your page, you got to give them something different every day or every other two days. Because when I first started, I was posting twice a day I was posting a picture then a video then a picture then a video obviously it's different now because the algorithm has changed but I still got to keep that momentum up because when people follow me for one thing they're going to come back to my page the next day for another thing so definitely keep that consistency cute and definitely keep your energy and just 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 enjoy it and have fun it's very good advice I think the consistency is key isn't it it's like how often and it's a lot you can't just do it here and there and think you're no. going to get some stuff sent to you. That's not going to happen at all. Um, <laughs> have you always been this confident and gorgeous? Oh, thank you. <laughs> and what would you say to your younger self? <laughs> oh my god I actually haven't been always confident when I first started wearing makeup and I first moved to London I think London's such an open place where you can be free and just be amazing but at the same time um the the good always comes with the bad I remember like leaving my house with uh, makeup on and Pete always gets so much I get mixed comments so people like, really really love it and like yes yes I live and then you get the negative comments because people just don't understand at the time a boy in beauty so it's really not my confidence so I'd really just like always ha have my head really um, held low because I wouldn't want people to see me with makeup on. But I think confidence comes with age. As I grew older and really grew into myself, I was like, well, this person doesn't know me. Like this person has already seen me for one second of their life. So why do I care what they think? But I feel like people think confidence comes in a burst and it just comes and you're just born with it. It just doesn't like, I feel like as you get older and you kind of really grow into yourself and know who you are, confidence just kind of comes in bursts and like you kind of feel and grow into yourself. And um, for me, I would probably say, um, as I was like mid twenties, I was really going into myself and I knew what I really wanted to do. And I knew this was like, kind of like developing into my career. So I was like, no one can't tell me anything. Even when I got negative comments on Instagram, I would take it with a pinch of salt because it's this person probably having a bad day. You know, they're kind of reflecting their own negativity onto me. So they just don't know me. So and in regards to what um, I was putting into my younger self, I would probably say, um, start now and don't give, damn what anyone thinks because they don't know you and they're just reflecting what they can't see themselves on you or the negativity and just take everything with a pinch of salt it's so true confidence definitely comes with age i mean i can remember being so shy myself and it does confidence comes with experience but also taking risks yeah. if you never take a risk and you never challenge yourself you'll never know that you can go that one step further this is it like even when I was in uni I would never imagine what I'm doing now even like when I wake up I'll be like I'll go on Instagram so it's be like hey guys morning how's everyone's weekend you know like you know keep the keep the energy up and I would never have the confidence like years ago to like actually talk on a mobile phone screen to no one no one actually there but to people that are watching me all over across the world so I it's just like I feel I think even doing that on Instagram or whatever platform you, you're actually building your confidence because you're putting yourself out there you're talking to a screen where people are virtually watching you from a platform so that also helps your confidence also so it's just crazy how like you know it can just come from that I, I completely agree um
So back to the algorithms issue, because <laughs> um, we discussed this before this interview. Uh, yeah. and, and, and a lot of people know actually that Instagram have completely changed the algorithm mm -hmm. so that fewer people can sort of see what you're posting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's in favor of advertising and paid kind of posts, isn't it? So um, how do you overcome that issue? Or is it sort of okay if you're already at a certain level and like you've got 300,000 people? following you um, or more. What do we do to, to overcome that issue? The algorithm is truly a madness. It's so confusing. I feel like right now, people just don't really know what to do. But I think the thing is, you can't think of the algorithm as something that wants to beat you, even though we just don't get it. Instagram really won't give us any kind of information about what it does. We just know it's there. And it's there for advertising purposes. They want to make money. They want people to pay for advertising. They want you to pay for your posts, which is kind of sad because Instagram a few years ago was wasn't really about that. It was about, you know, sharing pictures, sharing makeup content, and then it became a video kind of um, platform. But now obviously money's involved and it's changed. But I'll probably say at this time, definitely use every feature. Instagram, I or and now adding so much features now we have reels we have instagram live we have igtv we have stories we have posts we have video posts we have um just so much things you can add and i, th I think instagram have ma mm, that's made it a bit more difficult they want you to use every kind of thing when you're doing stories make sure you're adding polls make sure you're making it interactive within the first three stories make sure you're sometimes um adding like questions and asking your followers like how was their day how was their weekend like what kind of products they want you to do so they, they are in implementing all these things so you're basically on the app 24 7 which can be quite draining but at the same time you've got to think of it as you know what as time goes on as like you know we kind of move on to different times things are going to change and the thing is you either get left behind or you're adapting just kind of live with it and kind of thing is when it first happened I used to beat myself and be like well the algorithm isn't showing my content what do I do what's going on and I, and I think you've just got to like just adapt to it and just try and do the best you can don't let the algorithm beat you just try and make quality content and try and be consistent and your followers will still see but at the same time I think now especially with reels and obviously we live in like a TikTok generation and where you know all these platforms are competing with each other I think it's best I feel like still be still be your authentic self, but also try and create something that's shareable. I think now we live in a generation where, you know, it's all good and all good and well. I love creating beauty videos and um, just creating like really cute makeup looks, but also try and like give informative content. If I'm using like a foundation or maybe a skincare product, I'd probably try and say, what are the ingredients in it? What's gonna make this product beneficial for someone watching that they're gonna buy it? What tips can someone take away from your reel or your Instagram TV? How can you bring joy to someone? How can you make someone smile? Just, just think about that in your content instead of just creating. Because I feel like now, sometimes I feel like when people get into the industry, they try and copy someone else by creating just like a pretty makeup look or just doing something else. Just be authentic and try and add like something, like try and add something that someone can take away. So I'll probably just try and say that, but you know, it, just take one day at a time with the algorithm because it's always changing. That's such good advice. He's serious expertise. And <laughs> thank you for sharing that insight because that is, uh, mm. I think you're right. I think it's using the other uh, sort of platforms within Instagram because Instagram's not just one platform anymore. It's yeah. all of the platforms within it. Yeah. And actually the posts, the posts are the least important now because likes aren't important no, so much now, are they? No, it's just sharing. Yeah, because everyone thinks likes and it's all about double tapping, but now it's all about how people share your content and how about how people save it. Because obviously, um, I think when Instagram knows your content's being saved and shared, they're like, well, this content must be popping, it must be hot, it must be really good news. So that's when they share it. Because when you post something, it only gets shared to your 
first five percent of your followers and then if people like it and engage with it and like kind of save it and share it onto their stories that's when instagram kind of like bursts it out to the rest of your followers and across all the platforms because if you're an influencer um mm. as a profession um you've actually got about maybe 11 uh, different platforms if you mm -hmm. include sort of TikTok, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, Twitter, Facebook, like all of them. Um, and, and obviously Instagram counts as, I don't know, counts as about three mm -hmm. or four platforms <laughs> in itself now. Mm -hmm. um, which, which matter the most to you? There's a hierarchy, presumably. Um, yeah, I guess, oh, I guess there was, I kind of use all of them, but I guess there's a hierarchy. For me, it's Instagram because that's that my um, kind of most um, highest kind of following on there. And I would probably say YouTube as well, but YouTube is the one I, I started more, but YouTube is such a hard platform just because with YouTube, people think it's easy, but the editing is so thorough and just the uploading and it's a whole nother algorithm. But Twitter, I'll probably say Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, I don't, yeah, yeah, TikTok, um, Twitter I use, but I think Twitter is amazing for news and just buying out the hot tea. And then I don't really use Facebook as much. I kind of use it to like check up on family and cousins and friends, but I kind of use Facebook pages because I do get messages on there. And I'd probably say that really, but yeah, there was so much, so many other platforms, but I think for me, those are the ones that I kind of concentrate on because I think if you're on too many platforms, you're going to burn yourself out. And, and from a mental health point of view, how, how do you cope with that amount of scrolling and do you do you do your eyes hurt do you need special oh my, oh my blue god. blue glasses or whatever the blue light filter glasses oh my god I actually do you have blue light filter glasses but, oh. yeah but for me <laughs> for me I was especially now we're in a uh, we're in a lockdown I was so my screen time has been up so badly especially in the last few months I, I'm always scrolling I'm always looking at news I'm always just like oh my god what's going on what's the new makeup products but for now I always try and keep I kind of like um, I lock on myself just so I'm not scrolling. And when I go to bed, I always put my phone down an hour before just so I can really, um, you know, um, just kind of wind down and relax. But for me, it can get over overwhelming. But for me, it's all about just taking it in doses and kind of giving yourself that break. Sometimes I'll just have a podcast on and like you like your bed or sometimes I'll have a relaxing soundtrack on. But definitely try and give yourself a break from all these platforms. I know it's very, very hard not to because we're always consuming information and consuming the media, consuming like news and stuff but you have to give yourself a break otherwise it can become very draining and then you're going to bang yourself out but I think for me just giving yourself um the slots and maybe maybe like give yourself maybe scrolling Instagram maybe for like an hour maybe 30 minutes and I'll try and do some work I'll try and just give myself a kind of like rota <laughs> yeah I think yeah keeping to a routine and maybe giving yourself at least a day off because yes. I know it's a really full on but like do you give yourself a day off um when it comes to weekends I don't really like to really like scroll or do anything so I have a, a post planned and what I normally do I'll post it um, and then I'll reply to the comments within the first hours and I won't go in it again because I really love my weekends so just feel like I'm doing like something for me not that I'm saying that social media isn't for me but I just love to do things like uh, if it's not like watching Netflix or if I'm like going to the gym or going for a run or just I don't know drawing then I'll be doing that but other than that I'll kind of post and put my phone down yeah, sounds like you've got it worked out to keep it kind of sustainable mm -hmm. because otherwise you're right, you'll burn out. And maybe you've been through that process already, like, oh my oh, God. Well, I definitely have because I feel like, because a lot of my friends are influenced as well, I'm like always creating content. I find that I'm always looking at their pages and being like, oh my God, they just created a video with that. Or should I create a video of it? Or I see people just creating different kind of content and I'll be like, oh my God, maybe I should film a video today. Or maybe I should film a video in a few hours. And I'll be like, no, Gary, it's the weekend. You already created a few videos in a week. 
just put your phone down and just relax because otherwise you'll be so tempted to like film something and then uh, then, then you'll find yourself working seven days a week and that is just not um, like it's just not cute yeah. it's always good to yeah. give yourself a few days off completely so in terms of your you sound very disciplined and this this is a serious profession isn't it this isn't just like a game this is like a serious mm. thing <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of your strategy gary like what what have you got coming up next any uh, project well I've got, I have got something coming up I can't really say what it is but um it's it's top secret it's top secret <laughs> but um something's coming up within the end of the year and it's just it's just going to be amazing. I can't say what it is. I wish I could tell you. But um, it's just an amazing product that I've got coming up, which is going to be available globally. And it's something that I've always dreamed of doing. And it's just super exciting. Like, I cannot wait to announce it to everyone. And I'm in the process now of just, just choosing everything. And just I'm just so excited. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to keep a lookout. Yes, definitely. definitely. So when, when is that, like, September? For October, uh, when will we should be? Um, October, fingers crossed. We're very going on, so obviously with Brexit. But obviously, um, yeah, you, you guys will be the first to know. <laughs> okay, and my very final but quite silly question is, I'm always fascinated uh, as to what you wear on the bottom half when you're recording. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Most of the time, I'm not going to lie, sometimes when I'm in these Zoom, I literally have my boxes done, but today I have shorts on because I always think sometimes... <laughs> One time I was in a Zoom meeting and um, I had a Korean and I literally got up and I was in my boxes and everyone in Zoom was like, okay. And I was like, oh my God, because I normally have my laptop a bit higher. So people can't see and I was so embarrassed. But today I have short time, but normally I just have like boxes or just like <laughs> a rope on. But I love that. But I have to get used to wearing trousers and stuff because sometimes I just put like a hoodie or a jump on because people can only see me from the top. <laughs> <laughs> comfort is key though, isn't it? Oh it's all God. about the comfort. In I love days. that you wear boxes. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And thank you so, so much for sharing such amazing information and Aww. talking to me today. Thank you so, so much. much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it very much. It's been a, like a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to our Careers Insights podcast. Episodes are released bi-weekly onto Acast, Apple, Spotify and the British Beauty Council member zone. You can also follow the British Beauty Council on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok and Clubhouse to stay updated with the latest news. Or if you'd like to contact us and find out more about becoming a member or patron, please email join me at britishbeautycouncil.com.